I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about one of the sponsors of our podcast, and that is 503 Sports. 503 Sports is a site very well known for their throwback merchandise for a multitude of leagues, whether it be, for example, the World League of American Football, the World Football League, or in our case, the Arena Football League. I mean, if you're looking for any type of throwback merchandise from those teams that don't exist anymore, whether it be shirts, caps, customizable jerseys that you can get your own name and number, Detroit Drive, San Jose Sabercats, what? They're the place that has them. And just for our listeners of the podcast, they have a special offer just for you. If you use the promo code ARENAFAN, when you check out, you'll get 10% off your very first order. So head over to 503-sports.com, use the promo code ARENAFAN, get 10% off, and you want to thank them for being a sponsor of AFL Tonight. And welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with the newly returned Ben Fraternale. Aloha, sir. Aloha, mahalo. Yeah. John Stark. What's up, everybody? And, jo- <laughs> and joining us, we haven't had a, a, a roundtable in, in like eons. We wanted to bring in two other fans from across the league to get their thoughts on the preseason, the offseason, and what's coming up for the 2019 season. Because, dude, we're, we're only a week away. We got from, uh, it's the, uh, our uh, beat writer for the Albany Empire, Ryan McCarthy. Thanks for joining us, Ryan. Greetings from the 518, gentlemen. Hey. And from the Battle Stations podcast, Frank Walker. Frank, thanks for joining us. Greetings from the, the heart of it all, Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> that was our official motto there for a few years. Not motto, what stake nickname or something stupid. So <laughs> So first thing I have to ask you, Frank, uh Midnight Waffles. What the hell is that? <laughs> Anybody <laughs> listen to the podcast? I was like, what the hell's Midnight Waffles? So uh yeah, I I I do another show that's about hockey and um I'm gonna be doing some other random podcasts coming up that are about nothing to do with sports and uh I don't know. This kind of whole thing that ties them together is uh, something I call Midnight Waffles because when I was in college, me and some friends, um, we worked this job uh, working essentially in a call center doing tech support for dial-up internet of all things. And uh, we would work from like four to midnight. And so at midnight, we'd get off work and we'd all go to Waffle House. So, oh, okay. uh, so I was like, you know what, we're I'm going to start doing this thing. It's, it's just kind of fun and silly and something that I enjoy doing. So I just threw that as a name on it to kind of tie them all together there. Okay. Guys, co- coincidentally, guys, I saw Midnight Waffles open for Limp Biscuit a la Palooza back in, uh, 2002, I think. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually a band? That's hilarious. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. Busting balls, Timmy Kappa. <laughs> Uh, rag, rag on the Canadian. I get it. And uh, thanks for joining us. Um, <laughs> right, we've lost half our audience. Now we can say anything. Good. Um, That's the way it should be. For those who don't know, Frank, uh, you do have a new podcast uh, about the Columbus Destroyers um, Battle Stations. Uh, what, um, what what got you to to do the to, to do the, the Battle Stations podcast? Well, um, I mean, for about the last year and a half, two years, I've been doing one for the Columbus Blue Jackets, which 
my goodness, we're having the best time ever right now. Um, but as we're doing that, uh, but once I heard the destroyers were coming back there, um, it was just something where that was that was just felt natural because when the destroyers were here last time, I loved them. Um, that was actually during the aforementioned time when I worked in that call center. And, you know, I like sports and I, you know, was trying to get down to games because the tickets were relatively cheap and um, just loved that run they did to the Arena Bowl uh, with Matt Nagy at quarterback mm-hmm. and, and fell in love with the team. And then it was just a, a shame when they, you know, when everything kind of folded up. And when I saw it, the. Hello? Damn. Frank? <laughs> 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 Poor Frank. I didn't know. <laughs> I've completely dropped, I think. You I don't did. know if everyone stopped talking or if I was the one who got disconnected. <laughs> Hello. There's Am I like, back? There's like no way I'm going to be able to edit that out. Uh, yeah. I think I went to the Twilight Zone there. Am I back? Something, man. Something. That's amazing. That's hilarious. So you were. Wow. Yeah, you were, you were saying basically. Uh, about the pod and how how it got started, uh, you know, it's give us a I guess from what we missed, give us the TL TLDR version. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked the team before. I like doing podcasts, and I was like, yeah, let's do a show about them. So okay, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what many don't know, Ryan, is that unbeknownst to you and I, we have a very uh, we're tied in a very strange way, which we did not know about. And Indeed, we are. It, yeah. it, and well, I, don't, I don't think Ben got Ben and uh, John. I don't think I, I told you guys this about about this, but um, uh, every, every uh, everybody knows that I live in Montreal. And Ryan actually came up one year because there used to be a, a yearly thing at Grey Cup where fans would come up and they play a game, uh, just a pickup game. Ryan came to the was it twenty oh two. It's, it's uh, 2001. 2001. Ryan was yeah. up here. And we, we played, Insane way to say a year. We play, That's what I say all the time. Yeah, why, is it not two, why is it not 2001? Yeah. <laughs> we, um, we, we played in the same game. We're, we're, uh, no, yeah, you're, we're playing in the, you're playing for the West. I was playing for the East, I, I think. No, we, I, no, I played for the East, too. East also? And oh, yeah, we got, we got smashed in that game. Yeah, yeah we did. We got, we got released. In more ways than one. Yeah, in more Ew. ways than one. <laughs> And we came across that came across the picture that I had because they sent it to most of the people who wanted it, and I was like, I sent it to him the other day, and I was like, it's just the weirdest thing. It's just the weirdest thing how how people for the Arena League were just tied, you know, two different cities, him Albany, I'm here, and it's just tied like that. And and Ryan, for those who don't know about you, um, how did you? Because I think you wrote you wrote first originally a little while ago. Before the Empire came, how did yep. you how did you get back uh, into the writing thing, and and what what made you decide to write about the Arena Football League again? Well, well you know, it's been a passion of mine to be to write about sports. I, I want to get into sports uh, sports media full time. I'm actually in school right now, finishing my degree uh, to get into that field. Uh, I just curious went to the Wayback Machine looking for old articles of mine and. I went to e-sports.com, which esports, which is what, who I used to write for, and I just plugged in a random date, and there was that article I wrote from years back, back in 2001. And I've always been uh, interested in internet sports and sports writing and and uh, doing things on the uh, doing media on the internet. 
And back in 2002, 2003, when the Albany Conquests were, were around, I also did the articles on Arena Fan for I covered the the Conquest for Arena Fan, and then they kind of slowly went down the drain, like most uh, like most of the uh, Arena Football Two teams kind of did. I kind of lost track for a while. Then I said, then they said the Albany Empire coming back to town, and I caught I caught up with Tim. I said, let's get you know I want to get on board. I want to come back and uh, write up for the Arena Fan again. So that's how I got into this thing small world man it's crazy it's um now ben uh mm, we yes. mentioned you weren't here last week we you have to we obviously you were there for a while but can you know unless you happen to go silent uh, like frank did <laughs> um for you unfortunately i think you will have to give us the cliff notes version of your trip to hawaii but how was it man oh my gosh it's just one of those things you know you get somewhere you've wanted to go your whole life and you stand there and you look at it and you're just completely out of body. Um, it was absolutely surreal experience. You know, I got to see all the stuff from Lost I wanted to see. I got to see the old stomping grounds of the Hawaiian Islanders AF2 team, which was truly an honor. Um, and uh, yeah, I think shout, I'll shout be... Out, uh, yeah, shout out to the, uh, to the late night AF2 uh, viewing club. <laughs> yes. Um, and my skin is currently peeling off from all directions but it's you know i'm shedding my hawaiian self and returning back to my new york self and it's <laughs> it's a grim process but we're all doing it you know tim so i, I have to ask you to one question about your trip is uh yes. uh how many how much of your clothes did not have the dharma logo on it uh there was probably one shirt and it was because like so, actually it was the it was the arena football shirt oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> every other shirt had the dharma logo yeah i think you're right it it did it was a branded vacation. That was that was for sure. That was epic. I did not know you owned so many Dharma logos. Oh, it's in my insane! Life. You got to see my office. I got to bring you over here. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> now um, we're going to start with you for arenas related here. Um, John, we'll start with you. Is that you recently went to, um, as you mentioned in your story over at arenafan.com, that you went to the uh, Valor. Um, the, the Valor training camp to take pictures and, and to write a, a little, uh, get a little write up on it. Tell us, uh, tell us what you thought about uh, what you saw over at the Valor camp. I think things were looking pretty good and streamlined. Everyone was positive and upbeat. Um, I was watching them run some plays and drills. And afterwards I got a chance to catch up with some of the guys, I talked to last season as well as interview some of the vets uh, in the article. I, I mentioned, I talked to Arvell Nelson and um, James, Atoy and also Alvin Ray Jackson. Uh, they, they all want, it seems like they want the season to get started yesterday. Um, and they're ready to, to defend their championship. Mm-hmm. It just seems that we're the with everything that we've seen from the teams this off season. You think one of the few things that the Valor would have done is announced their new OC since Shane Stafford came over to Atlantic City, and it, that seems to be one of the I guess one of the current secrets within the league itself, or at least with that team, that we have no clue who the OC is, do we? No, we don't. And I saw a few unfamiliar faces, but I didn't get the chance to talk to anybody new. Um, so maybe one of them may have been the new OC. They've been quiet, though. I mean, sure, guys, I'm sure you remember that when Stafford came over and he was hired as their OC, they didn't mention it. We only yeah. had to find out the next game, if that. You know, yeah. Which doesn't make any sense in itself. But. Well, 
speaking of last year things uh, and the valor last preseason they were they were pumping out the articles before uh you know during training camp and all that and this season it's been relatively quiet actually you're right that's true that's true i guess they're concentrating on the, everybody seems to be concentrating on the uh on the betting thing for the for the league but um frank you were uh, they at the uh camp also recently for the destroyers uh what was your experience uh, it was it was interesting um first time i'd ever actually covered some kind of some kind of training camp stuff and it was uh the thing that that came out that was uh real support that was interesting was in the in the one-on-ones and they've kind of talked about this even in in tweets and whatnot when i've talked with coaches that uh the the defense is looking really strong the offense is still trying to gel together and um i think the big story still coming through the destroyers and, and trying to figure it out is what's the overall que- answer for them at quarterback, which is not necessarily the best question to have when you're in an arena <laughs> football team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it's, yeah, I think, I think Grant Russell, the, the kid who played at Ohio Dominican and has never played an arena football game is the guy who's kind of stuck so far. Um, well, I mean, we with, did just with, have someone come over the wire tonight. Yeah, Danny oh, Southwick. Yeah, yeah, Danny Southwick. True okay. journeyman. True AFL journeyman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe that's the idea at this point. I mean, I if anything I know from the history of, of Matt Sock, the idea is that he'll pro, he'll he wants to build things around that. I mean, he, he wants he wants to have a good signal caller, but I, that's the big question out of it. Um, and I mean, you know, in the arena football league, if you're counting on the defense to keep you in games, you might have some rough times. So I'm I'm just. I don't know. I'm curious to see where it goes from there. Um, I mean, apart from that, everything else, as far as it being a, an expansion franchise and starting up, everything looks great. Uh, they, you know, they really seemed well set up. Everything was, everything was, uh, you know, professional, you know, professional grade from what I guess what you would expect from a an actual professional football team. So, could could is it possible that Grant Russell could be the next Shane Carden? I mean, is that possible? I mean, sure they brought in Southwick, but. Some, sooner or later, you have to get rid of some of the, you know some of these older vets, which we're going to talk about in a minute. That's a, that was a huge thing over the off season. But I mean, is it possible, guys? I mean, it's we, we sooner or later will have to have these new stars at quarterback in this league. I mean, we have a, there are a few that came over from you know a few uh, uh, MVPs that came over from other leagues that are that are in the AFL now. But I mean, is there a possibility? I mean, for what you've seen, Frank. I mean, could. Could he be a, a, a Shane Carden rookie of the year type of quarterback, or do you think it's just too soon to tell? It's too soon to tell. I mean, he's a he had he had good he played well at, at Ohio Dominican University, mm-hmm. which how that's going to translate to the arena game, who knows? Um, I mean, that's the, that's where it's it's going to be. It, I, it's hard to say exactly where he's going to be. I mean, he's young, so I mean, he could he could definitely he has definitely time to learn the game. The fact that he's still hanging on this far into camp makes me think that that Coach Sock sees something there. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the fact that that I I don't know. There was a, it. It kind of threw me because going into this, we I kind of thought of of uh, McGee, their, the first quarterback they signed, as being okay. This is probably the guy they're going to go with. He's got some time having played with, um, having played with, having played in Philadelphia, and, and he seemed to really kind of be embracing a leadership role. So then when he was I guess cut or reassigned or whatever term the arena football league's using, it was surprising. Um, so I'm, it's tough to know what to expect. I mean, if they come out and whoever they have to line up under center can, can, can throw, then I think this team will be really good. If they can't, it, things are going to be a struggle. They, they put McGee guys, they put McGee on recallable reassignment or, or mm-hmm. just reassign him outright. 
Uh, it was recallable, but it was it's it's past the limit for. Would you say it was forty eight hours? Forty eight hours, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been way more than forty eight hours now. Okay. Well, let's look at free agency, guys. Uh, we haven't t- talked about free agency since uh, we did our last pod, and very very interesting to say the least. I mean, we're down front. You know, we're, we're from four to six teams now. These all star teams are they're still essentially all-star teams but not not they aren't as compressed like they were last year um i'm going to start with you first ryan because i think that of all teams that have really been hurt the most this offseason is the albany empire what's what's your thought on on the on the empire losses and uh what the team has gained in return well from what i'm excuse me from what i'm seeing from what i'm seeing uh i don't think that joe hills is the biggest hurt loss from the last year's team i think the biggest loss is that the empire lost three out of their four defensive starting defensive backs from last season the only two who are returning from last season are our keith brown and terrence smith and they each only played two games for the empire last year uh, and, and they also played both played in the uh, in the playoff game. So I think from what I saw in practice the other day, and when I talked to Coach Keith, uh, we had, you have a bunch of rookies who are playing defensive back, and they're all battling for a position. But he seemed very optimistic that these guys would pick it up pretty quickly. And you got guys who are veterans like Brown and Smith. Uh, they can teach them a thing or two about playing good coverage on, the, on a man in, in, uh, in the arena of football. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think that's the, I think Albany's got enough weapons on offense that Joe Hills won't be missed too much. I, I, I could, it come back to hurt me. <laughs> you know, this could come back to haunt me in the future and uh, future podcasts, but it will. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I, I can't wait to get chirped on that or tweeted on that. <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, to be honest with you, Ryan, I, I, I think um, I think uh, Albany picking up uh, picking up Q uh, Quentin Sims, I think, is a good trade off for uh, uh, for Joe Hills. I mean, considering they still keep the same quarterback, um, yeah. You know, yeah. they still have uh, Colin Taylor, even though I think he was put on uh, he was put on uh, pup the other day, but still, it doesn't mean anything. Malachi's back. And Malachi's back. And Malachi's yeah. back. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, John, uh, what about DC? What have you, what have you seen when it comes to the off season, uh, the pluses, the minuses from what are currently on the roster and who, if anybody, any defections from, from DC to other teams? Well, you know, I, I want to say we got about half the team back from 2018 and we've got very few pickups from other teams. We just have Mario Norman coming over from Albany. Um, there's a loss or two. We had Warren Smith on the show. He went to Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. He, and um, Kareem Smith, he's a defensive lineman. He went to Columbus. Uh, we got a couple rookies. Um, well, a little more than a couple, but a lot of the rookies are on the offensive line. A few on the defensive line. We've got one wide receiver and one DB that's a rookie. But we've got a good receiving core coming back. And um, a few guys are also on the pup list. But I'm not too worried about that. You know, when I was at... Yeah, and when I was at at practice uh, at camp, they seemed healthy. It's not like they were hobbling around or had serious injury. Yeah. 
Um, and what, one more thing, you know, we've got, we have the question about, you know, the offensive coach, but, you know, we've got a lot of the same staff from last year, uh, not just the coaches, but a lot of the support staff is back too, uh, that I recognize from the previous two years. So that's always good. Arvell was talking about how it's always important, you know, for there to be a cohesion and for so many people to be back, it's good for them. From what I've seen from Atlantic city, um, you know, it's funny calling a team an expansion club. The same thing goes for Columbus. Really, it's not really a quote unquote. It's not an expansion team. It's a quote unquote expansion team. Uh, just by looking at all the players that Baltimore from Baltimore that went over to Atlantic City, obviously the it's because of Coach James. I mean, it has to be, it has to be that and and Coach Stafford. Um, it just seems that uh, Atlantic City could easily give. It could be an Albany type of team this year, but the que- but the only real question would be uh, possibly at, at QB. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, the, considering what what they have currently under center, I mean, it's uh, they're in a lot better situation than Baltimore is, wouldn't you say so, Ben? Uh, I would say so. I mean, not to. I don't want to put Shane Boyd down. He's been a solid solid starter but as we were talking about before the pod he's often sort of they sort of try to replace him whenever they can he's been you know he started in the playoffs he's he's had some big game experience for baltimore over the last couple of years but he hasn't really been their guy and they've clearly never wanted to make him their guy so i and we don't know I, what i would really like to know is whether Gerard Evans is their the guy they're grooming to be the quarterback, or whether Shane Boyd is someone they've signed to be their starter. I think I that's think, that was my biggest question mark. Did Gerard, Gerard Evans? I think he got traded to Washington. He did. Are you serious? Yeah. I think yeah. So. Well, traded for what? <laughs> future consideration. Uh, yeah, future considerations. Okay, that so that means Bupkis. So that means that they <laughs> are. Banking totally on Shade Boyd then. They gotta have some. So have some. Well, I don't know center. who Connor Jessup is, but he's a rookie <laughs> that they also have. But uh, I guess that that's it's interesting that the AFL well was so compact, like you were saying, Tim. You know, the last few years with the huge contraction of teams, and then even when it stretches out, there aren't like quarterbacks that stretch with it. There weren't like backups necessarily last year that were just you know chomping at the bit or champing at the bit, however you say that phrase natively, um, that we're ready to come up and be the guy this year. Oh, we could just plug him in easy. Um, it's interesting that we basically have like four all-star quarterbacks and then the other teams have to not scrap for, I don't want to put down Shane Boyd. I like Shane Boyd, but he is 36 years old and is not necessarily the guy to build a team around right now. Okay, currently on the roster for quarterback for, for Baltimore, it is Shane Boyd, it is Jared Evans, it is Connor Jessup, and it is Shane Morris. So he is on Baltimore? Yeah, so he is on Baltimore. I think he was tra- wasn't he traded the other way around. He ha- he was traded. I think okay. he was traded, but it- now— Yes, yeah, on, on the 12th. I have it on the 12th. He was traded to Washington. Huh. Good job, Capper, for screwing that one up. Um, <laughs> need to go back and make the change. Um, I'm- but I think I think one of the most interesting stories this year, and this has been building for many years. The story of the Philadelphia Soul is really interesting. Yes, um, they've gone from this absolute balls out all star team for the for you know several years in a row, arguably 
four or five years in a row where they had where you could start the season and say this team has the best roster or this team is predicted to and they won the arena ball obviously multiple times sure and then this year and last year they started weeding out slightly and they we, they showed their weakness for the first time in a while and then this year they have i think something like 11 or 12 rookies and they lost a lot of targets they their defense has been gutted. They have several rookie defensive backs. Strap City is dissolving besides Hollis and, and Jones and Romaine, which is obviously still solid, but um, they lost Rico. And, and they have Jake Metz again. But overall, this is the team I think that's taken the biggest hit and looks to be the team that's sort of starting over the most, you know, ironically, considering they're not one of the expansion teams. Um, and But the thing is, we don't really know is – is Clint Ozell an amazing scout? Are these players just the next stars? We don't really know, but they seem to be the biggest question mark this year. I cannot wait to see whether this team is incredible again or what. It is It is interesting, too. I mean, uh, can, and we can't leave out Columbus, by the way, Frank, from, from what you've seen with the players that you've gotten. Um, does the team impress you? I, I mean, in, in in camp, from what I saw, I I think so. Uh, I mean, it's it's one of those things where... Uh, you know, you guys are talking about who was leaving other teams. They're building so much around the lines that that's where I, you see kind of that focus, at least at yeah. least on the defensive side of things. Um, I, you know, they they got uh, oh, what was it here? Um, I mean, Kareem Smith, Derek Summers. They had some big guys who looked like they were going to create a lot of chaos there, and and getting. Uh, I know that that uh, people I've heard from Albany seem pretty upset that that uh, Barmasani wasn't going to be up there again this year. So it's. <laughs> it seemed like a big push to get that that defense strong and i'm not sure if it was the idea of maybe we'll like we'll we'll you know kind of not not to use these terms but maybe buy a defense and then build an offense right um i'm kind of wondering if that's the idea especially with since that's kind of coach socks uh, uh um kind of his strength there okay to go about that way and i kind of feel like that's what it's going on because there were some guys i saw when i was at camp one guy that was impressing me, and I'm gonna, I, I, I don't remember the dude's name because I, I don't think he's played anywhere before. Um, they had this this five seven wide receiver, um, <laughs> Paul Revis. He was just running around the field like he was. I mean, it was it was interesting to see. Like it was that exact idea of almost like he could just sneak in places that you weren't expecting. So I, I'm wondering if that's the general plan here that. We're going to get, you know, high-end defensive talent as far as what, you know, what's had success in the league, but we think we can build an offense. Um, that that strikes me as the as the strategy that they're employing as they go into this. Now, if you head over to the, our free agency tracker at freeagency.arenafen.com and, and look specifically at the players, guys, who were not or have not been signed yet, there's a ton of names that have been around the league for the longest time. So my question to each of you, and any, anybody can start, is basically what's up with that? I mean, is it where they have – now, we don't know this, most of their statuses. Um, you know, they decided not to play anymore. Uh, they are considered, quote-unquote, too old, too slow, whatever. Um, John, John, go ahead and start with this. What, what's your thought on all these names that are still currently available? Is it just a change in the guard for these teams in the AFL? I think it's a change in guard, but also, and I've talked to numerous people about this outside of arena fan. Uh, a lot of the veterans are just waiting till the absolute last minute to, yeah, get, to get their stuff together. 
I, you know, I follow and keep up with and chat with guys on social media a lot. I'm sure Ben does too. And, um, there's a lot of guys still hanging out with their families and they're on vacation. Um, like literally absolute last minute and you know how the kickers, some of them even fly in weekly for games and some of them showed up on refuse to report just to give them extra time. Um, I don't know. I, I think, I think, we should be worried if it's, you know, Wednesday or Thursday next week and we're not really seeing uh, the rest of the 2018 vets returning. You know, people yeah. make different life decisions, but uh, there are still a lot of guys out there that uh, don't have contracts. No, it took, the t- 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 the, the AFL is, is a lot more of a plug-and-play kind of sport. So a lot of players – I mean, this happens in the NFL, obviously, but in the AFL where you're making a lot less money – players are a lot less likely to risk where they don't have to and they know they're going to get signed by even going to training camp at all. You know, Joe Hills could have waited. To, I mean, he basically waited to the last minute, oh, but he, he could have waited, he waited. But he waited next Friday to, to yeah. sign. You know? uh, um, I, think, I think also there's... I'm not sure if this is slowing anybody down, but you kind of got to wonder, too, how many... I'm not sure how many of the guys from last year uh, took a try at the AAF or not. But I'm not sure how many of them are like, eh, or or even, you know, importing players from that league. If those guys had a training camp, had getting their bodies beat up for eight weeks and and maybe they're taking this year off. I mean, you got to wonder about that with some guys. And I'm not sure how many guys from the Arena Football haven't League they, played John, in that this year. But John and Ben, haven't they all returned from what we well, see? Well, we got Hollis returned, Malachi returned, Darius um, Prince returned, Joe Powell returned, Joe Powell returned. returned. Yeah, um, did we did Justin McRae return? I don't think so. And Jake Payne may return. I don't know. I mean, it he has a great. Sucks that so many players from the AAF were signed to the NFL, and none of them are our guys. That's it's yeah. just like sixty players signed right after this. They folded, and I was like, okay, this is finally you know Malachi's chance to get back or. Or Payne, Jake Payne, but like, come on, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. give our guys a shot. Ryan, exactly. what's, Ryan, what's your thought? Well, I'm looking at the list right now, and I'm seeing there are some notable names out here that are still unsigned to a team. Um, it could be a matter of waiting till final rosters are filled um, to see they were the where, as Ben said, people can plug teams can plug and play where they're needed. Uh, one guy that's kind of notable on my list who had a great impact on the Empire last year was Greg Carr. Uh, yeah, he played. He played. He came up with some. He, he's the first. He was the first guy to score a touchdown for the Empire. Uh, he came up with some big catches last year and had some great special teams work. I'm surprised that he's still left out there. Um, but you know, as, coming back to what Ben said, you know, it's, it might be a play and play situation where uh, you know, they, they might be waiting for final rosters to to come out, and you might see a you might see somebody come in and play for uh, for Columbus or an Atlantic City or a Baltimore. Right. Well, I know. I can, so, wait, so it's a wait and see kind of thing, I think. Okay, the one thing I can tell you, and John, I think I mentioned this to you. I know Greg Greed won't be coming back to the to the AFL. That I know for a fact. He, he's oh. here. He's here in Montreal. <laughs> he's with the Alouettes. So. Oh, he, that's nice. Yeah, he was he, he was uh, here for four games, four games at the end of last season, and he he made a, a difference. So, huh. um, see, Mike Fo- uh, former uh, Albany quarterback Mike Fofel, He he signed with another league, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Yeah, he signed with Jacksonville, the NAL. Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, Reggie Gray. SK has not come back. Poppy Lovers has yeah. not come back. 
Uh, where, so what, I, what about Titi? I, 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 you know, I talked to Poppy a couple weeks ago. Um, sounds like he plans on trying to come back, but he also seems super busy since he's uh, a, a fitness coach. Um, and TT, I don't know, man. I saw a couple of the vets talking on Twitter about, you know, TT, you know, you don't need to be putting your body at risk for, for this money, et cetera. So I wonder if some of the older guys are just kind of quietly retiring. Uh, hello. Yeah, that's Do- tough. Uh, Donovan Morgan. Hello. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 But he, SK is, he SK he is took- still in Hawaii with w- where I was. So maybe he's just remaining out there as long as, you know, like we were saying, he may it's just come possible. back and yeah. Well, yeah. Donovan, I, I will say when I was at a training camp, I mean, he, he was in shape. I mean, he looked ready to go. And when I've talked to them, he's, he's pumped for it, but they've, They've been holding him out of practices. Um, I mean, I think he's listed on the pup list. Was he just chilling? Uh, I mean, he was there. He was like on the field talking with people and stuff. Okay, he, he wasn't dressed. He was so he, weird. You know, uh, they, he's been getting thing though. I mean, if you think about it, if you know, if you know that he's he's going to be a name that you're going to be keeping on this team, it's it may be just yeah. a matter of don't. Uh, that was that was kind of my thought when I was watching him and watching how he's interacting. He was. It's almost as if he was acting. It's almost kind of like a wide receivers coach while he was out there. But right. I, I think it's one of those things where they're like, no, he'll be on the team. So why, why throw him through training camp and beat him up when, when we know he'll be out there, but that makes sense. But we are so close to the season and he hasn't played in a year. So you'd think they would have him in this week at least. Um, I guess we'll see. Was he, well, I, that did, was Thursday. Did so you do maybe in the okay. scrimmage? Frank, did you, you know do what? It? I don't know if, I don't know if he dressed for the scrimmage. I actually wasn't able to make it out to that. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I'm surprised at the names here. I mean, yes, a lot of them are. They're all, you know, they're all past 30, a lot of them. But there's still quite a few that aren't. I mean, it just, I, I just don't know. It's, uh, But we've had turnover. I get that, guys. Well, you know, there's always turnover. And, you know, maybe if we had another team coming in this year, you know, maybe they would show up. But what's your, just overall, what is your thought when it comes to uh, what the teams are doing? They're, you know, they're waiting on these guys to come in and play the possible um, uh, vets to sign, but they bring in all this, all these rookies, and then basically it's like, well, yeah, T.S. We our guy came back, so see ya. I mean, that's what's what, what's your thought on that, John? When when that uh, that is occurring? I mean, we're never going to get anywhere unless we bring in some new blood. Well, I made I made a comment to you the other night about. Um, one of the wide receivers for Atlantic City, who was he was having a great day and a good time at the scrimmage, and then ends up on recallable reassignment. And I'm, I said to you, well, that's football. Yeah, I mean that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be prepared, you know, for when that day comes or for when the call comes that you're getting a contract. And uh, you know, unfortunately, it's not always positive. And like you said, there is that turnover. Yeah. I mean, do, do any of you guys agree or disagree with what I said? I mean, is it is it just just football with all this thing, or or does the does the league finally need to get away from some of the? That's a weird way to put it. To bring in, <laughs> to bring in new blood is the better thing because if we are going to be expanding again, they're claiming anywhere between we've heard what anywhere between four and six teams, whether it be the next year or the next two years, you're going to need more rookies that come in. You know, not everybody can bring in people from the CFL like um, 
you know, like Coach James did. He brought in three players that he knew when he was coaching in Saskatchewan. So it's, but he was able to bring in new players. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I just don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, yes, it's football, but is it the right thing to do, guys? Greg? Well, to, or, sorry, or, sorry uh, Ryan, Ryan, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you look at the NFL right now. All all these teams, a lot of these teams are trending younger. I mean, unless you can, unless there's a Tom Brady or or a Brett Favre uh, type player who stays in the league forever and plays at a, at a high level, um, you. But you, you see a lot of teams trending younger. Uh, a lot of starting quarterbacks are younger. A lot of wide receivers are younger. Defensive backs, defensive linemen, a lot of these position important position players are younger, and you know we're going to have the guys like. Tommy in the arena league like Tommy Grady and Danny Radabaugh. Uh, but I think you're going to eventually see with expansion, you are going to see a lot of those younger guys. It's going to be trending like the NFL is. Uh, and I think so. Uh, maybe that's just, maybe that's just the way I'm, th- I'm seeing things right now. Yeah. Or, or, or they could just do it. Major league baseball doesn't totally ignore all the veterans and don't offer them contracts <laughs> <laughs> or offer them $430 million contracts. Or why not? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Here's the league. Here you go. <laughs> By the way, I, I, at least that you're talking about veteran quarterbacks. I have to ask each of you, what do you guys think of Randy Hippard's beard? Isn't that a thing of awesome? Have yes. I, lo- I love it. It is. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a fan of a big fan of beers myself. Uh, would you? Of course, one thing that one thing that may be affecting this, and and I don't know, I, I doubt coaches are thinking about this, but it may be something that is discussed whenever the new CBA comes up. Are you going to bring in a guy, develop him for a year when you know you've only got him for one year? That is a good point. That is a. Fair I point. mean, because developing a guy, I mean that that would that would make me think. Well, you know what I. All I'm guaranteed is this year with these guys. Right. There's no so, incentive to invest in players, really. Yeah. Every year is load up and go for it. But now, you may, but, I but underst- you make a name for yourself, though. You know, look at Malachi. He's a great example of a one-year guy who comes in, tears it up, goes to another league, but he, they still bring him back because they know what he can do. Mm-hmm. So no, you got to take that risk. No, I, I mean, I can see it, but I can also see a coach going, you know, I've got this guy who I know what he is, and I've got this guy who... I don't know, maybe. And so you kind of, you go with the guy that you know you have, so maybe you can go for it. But I, I mean, I think you need to develop. I, I agree with you. I just, this is why we need the AF too. <laughs> and I think and is there, is there a cost savings part to this as well? You know, you know, um, the, the rookies aren't, aren't making as much and they don't have to pay as much. It's true, but it's still the, it, seems to be you know when they negotiate their contracts it's should basically be the same amount as it would for last year i mean maybe malachi may, it would be getting a bump um you know some of the i hope so you know some of the, <laughs> some of the other quarterbacks i mean some of some of these quarterbacks may quote unquote graduate to um <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be graduating to get some of that uh that that twenty five thousand uh, dollar uh, you know appearance fees. So it's sure. I Do you know. said they might they might bolt Tim? Yeah, yeah. Oh God! <laughs> Interesting. Thank goodness Interesting. that's not copyrighted. Yeah, I tell you. <laughs> oh man! Public domain sound effects on yes. an arena fan. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on here. So uh, one of the biggest things that came across this 
uh, within the past week is the unveiling of the new manufacturer and of the uniforms from uh, Phenom Elite. Um, uh, even though something totally failed and it wasn't able to be shown uh, on Facebook Live as was promised, uh, it is finally up. Uh, we did tweet it out uh, yesterday and put it on social media yesterday. So you can go watch it in its entirety uh, if you want to watch it again. Um, but I have to ask, I mean, this is, I'm trying to remember, did, I don't think the league and Ben, you probably would be able to help me with this. And actually, um, Frank, you might be able to, too. I don't remember the league ever having one. Oh no, I do. Uh, uh Russell athletic. So this is, yeah, the first Russell was the last yeah, this one. is the first time that they've had a, uh, one uniform provider since Russell athletic. Um, Overall, Technically Under Armour, I guess, but the, yeah, but Under Armour wasn't yeah. really the provider. I feel like they were just buying the uniforms. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so I'm going to go to each of you and ask what you guys thought overall. And obviously, I'll go with the, if you have a home team, I'll, I'll I want you to know what you guys think about them. So, uh, uh, Ryan, I'm going to start with you. Your overall thoughts and uh, what do you think of the new look Albany Empire? Hmm. Deep inhale and go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Russell Crowe comes to show up in, as a gla- in a gladiator outfit, I know who's go- which team he's going to play for. Um, you know they're going to play Are You Not Entertained now every single game. Are you oh, not entertained? Oh, I'm yes, a- we well, definitely are. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else remembers the Ottawa Senators doing those weird, goofy things they brought out of Centurion, but my yes. goodness, I'm having yes, flashbacks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right so yeah um yes so tell us more ryan I mean, <laughs> I, I, when i first saw them i saw the uh the white the white um pants and i thought oh, okay there's not that bad i saw some people think oh it's skyscrapers and i was thinking to myself it's a lot worse um <laughs> is there any is there any reason to have these gladiator tassels on I, I i don't i mean at least the jersey is not the logo isn't as badly su- subliminated as it is on the on the soul uniforms i think everybody no, can I, see what i think about the soul uniforms yeah I, I i thought of nfl europe as soon as i saw those uniforms like oh as long as, as long as i have the they i'm surprised they didn't have the numbers in the uh top left corner of the jersey <laughs> <laughs> yeah nfl but, europe yeah, or, or the 1990s cfl yeah i know what you're talking yes. about so, hashtag Memphis Mad Dogs Forever. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, I I'm I was a little confused with the tassels on the uh, on the pants, uh, but you know what? If they were named like the Highlanders or something, you'd have the kilts. <laughs> oh, God, so yeah. so I understand, um, but yeah, it was a little little, little much. So but what, you know, I, mean, I, I like the color scheme of the of the home and the away uniform. So, and the numbering is pretty cool. What what, uh, what do you think of the um, of your alternate? The, bl- the blue alternate. Oh, there's a blue alternate. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize that. No, I. I was hoping for a blue alternate. What, Ryan? <laughs> you do not follow the Arena Fan Twitter account. By the way, that's over at Twitter.com/slash/ArenaFan. Hey, <laughs> shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're all there. If you if anybody hasn't seen them, you can head over to our Twitter account and over to our Facebook account at Facebook.com/slash/ArenaFan. I think we have uh, uh, pictures directly from Phenom Elite. Um, and also the pictures that we have that showed the multiple uh, different sets of uniforms was from uh, AFL president John Adams. But yeah, it's a it's a it's an entire blue set. It's really nice. Very cool. 
And so overall then, what would you give uh, your overall ranking, uh, uh, your grade of what the league put out and what you think of what the Albany Empire are at? I'm going to, as far as the league, I, I mean, the Empire, I give it a C just because of the tassels uh, on the pants, the gladiator tassels. Um, the league, I'd say overall, probably about a, eh, a, a B. Yeah. Okay. Um, Frank, I, I'm going to go with you next and your overall thought of the Destroyers and, uh, and of the league. So with the Destroyers, I, I was really happy with it. Um, I mean, what I'd been hearing since before it was that they were describing them as kind of simple relative. I mean, that was the, the term out there I was hearing. They were kind of like, it was going to be classic, but it's not going to be, you know, boring really. Um, and I liked that. I liked the little details of the, uh, the the state of Ohio flag kind of making the the line down the center of the helmets or at least the outline of it. Yeah. Um. I really liked the little tertiary logo logos they've got that are going to be on the back. Um. I really liked the the detail on it in in most aspects, and I was I was happy to see where they went with it because I was I don't know I had this fear that when they decided to change the colors they were also going to go with some kind of as we've discussed kind of busy uh uh european nfl logo you looks or something like that but no i was real happy with it uh, i mean the only thing i'm not the biggest fan of is the the word columbus going up the leg just about to ask you about that um i think I, every I will, team has that i swear every team has that if i'm not mistaken i you know what it's really funny too because uh it is the what was it the browns changed their their uniforms a few years back that fans universally hated yep. and one of the things everybody hated was the fact that it says browns up the leg it's it funny was just, i think the only team that really likes it i've heard of recently is the, the Ottawa red blacks they have hashtag red black hashtag our, our nation yeah, yes. our nation and, they, and <laughs> that's insane and they like that hashtag so. hashtag, yeah, yeah, hashtag our nation oh my goodness yeah. I, no but i mean overall i mean the team I'd go with A minus because the only thing I didn't like was that uh, yeah that the the aforementioned leg words, um, the league in total I, B to B minus I think okay because um, there were some that were really solid and then there was like you know some questionable ones like I I didn't know about the choices on the all of me one and then as we've discussed we're all going to get to Philadelphia and that one just confuses me so <laughs> I but one thing I think is really makes the. Uh... Uh, destroyers uniforms pop is that uh, black matte helmet, which I really yeah, like. it was, it was good. I was I was pretty. I I liked it a lot. Um, I like how the helmet looks in person, so I'm I'm a big fan of those. Yeah. Uh, John, I'm gonna give you DC and Baltimore. What do you think? I think I think they did a good job. You know, I saw them all in person um, at the uniform unveiling up close, and and you're on video too. You were on. Oh, I was. Yep. I need to rewatch the whole thing at though. At the very end. At the very end. Um, but yeah, it's basically. I said, I said to you guys that it's very much similar to last year's uniforms and color schemes for the Valor and the Brigade. With uh, you know, the brigade has a little touch of the Maryland flag on the shoulders That's a nice now. Touch, I thought. I thought that yeah, I nice. yeah, I dug that too. Yeah, I dug that too. I would have liked to see uh, something like that for the valor somewhere on the uniform, maybe with the three stars for the district or something. Isn't that on the pants? But, That's on the uh, pants. Is it? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, you're right. I thought, it is. I thought they had. I thought they had the three the three stars on the back of the. Uh, what is that? I didn't know if they brought that back or oh, okay. not. Yeah. Well they, got, well, they got the W star on the back, from what I understand, just like last year on the on the collar. Okay. So. Um. So the rest of the 
rest of the league, though. I mean, I I was happy overall with all the uniforms. I said that Columbus sort of matches with um, Monumentals teams and the Blackjacks sort of go with the trifecta group. And I don't dislike Philly. I think it's loud and eccentric. And I've said like the same thing over and over. It's like, oh, you know, hey, we're over here. Look at us. You know, I'm 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 not hating on it, like like some people do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so uh, grade wise, what would you give? I I would go B B plus. Okay, All right, uh, Ben. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you Philly. I'll take Atlanta. Okay, so you're just handing me a bomb. Oh well. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cut the red wire, Ben. Don't cut the red wire. Four. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, there was an attempt. Um, there was something tried here that I don't quite align with personally. Uh, I am a fan of, of Nathan Dorton, the owner CEO of, of Phenom Elite, and I think there are some successes here. And the Soul Jersey is just... Um, I don't know what to make of it. It, it. it does not appear to be, it doesn't appear to align with the AFL's sort of vision, which I didn't think the AFL was going to go silly. Yeah. Uh, I thought that the AFL was getting kind of corporate, you know, monumental is a very buttoned up kind of organization. Baltimore and Washington have very streamlined, um, very sort of normal and professional looking lo- uh, uniforms. And I, I figured the league would sort of build out in suit but uh, instead, we got—I uh, w- don't know—it like, looks like a painting. I don't know exactly what. And then, um, but but I will say, uh, in contrast to that, the best uniform of this pack, in my opinion, is Columbus. I think that this this is my A plus with Columbus, which is it, it's like a, it's very mean, which I think is great. It's very slick. People were uh, shocked initially that the color scheme was silver, white, and black, and they were like, "Oh, there's going to be the Raiders." But as you too, could see yeah. here. They took what looks a lot like the old Destroyers uniforms and basically just updated them and just, you know, made them slick. I actually don't mind the Columbus down the pants. Uh, Overall, amazing detail on this jersey. The jerseys all have this interesting collar to them. I'm a big collar guy. I think you guys must know that by now. And the only jersey where it's very prominent is on Albany's because that's the only two-tone collar. And so you've got this blue squared off at the at the chest area, and that looks a little odd. And Albany's pants are completely insane. Um, but the Blackjacks, <laughs> sorry, I'm just going through all the teams here because this is uh, I love uniform stuff. The Blackjacks, great, great uniforms. I think they maybe could have done more with the theme of Blackjacks. You know, the pants are really the only interesting flourish we get with the with the suits on it. Yeah. Um, and over, so overall I would give the league, uh, oh, gosh, Philly is really sort of a demerit that they can't survive. <laughs> in <my favorites. laughs> I would say the league overall would be a C and the soul would be an F. <laughs> wow. That is, you went hard on okay, that. Okay, sorry, sorry, I'll revise that. I'll give the league a B okay. and the soul an F. Yeah. Okay, an F or a D? Uh, D minus. Oh, so okay. Much, so almost, much, almost. So barely out. passing. So much, yeah. the, so much of the grade curve. Damn it. Doesn't not, not if it's it. count as credit on the transcript. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. If it's for their major, though, it ain't counting. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> when I first saw the uniform, what I think what very surprised me the most when I saw the 
the uniforms was that, um, you know, they only showed that really what we thought was just the home and away. But then when I saw Atlantic cities, you know, the regular the black and the red, uh, and then I saw that they had a red alternate that looked sharp. Um, the only thing that I don't understand is how, with all the options when it comes to uh, number fonts, uh, how the hell is it that Albany and Atlantic City have the same damn number font? Best. Um, <laughs> I just I just don't get that. Um, putting AC on the uh, on the away uniforms uh, does that stand for air conditioner? Does it stand for Anthony Carrillo? <laughs> does it st- what? I mean, I, I get it, but at least they put Atlantic. They spelled out Atlantic City on their reds. On the red jerseys, um, I, I think they look really good. Uh, what I understand, by the way, and I don't think I told any of you guys this, Ooh, is, scoop. Is, uh, that, oh. is that the current version of the Atlantic City helmet is not what we're going to be seeing on the field. Ooh. Or we, sh- we should be seeing a little bit more from what I understand. Are you sure? Because we heard that about the Valor helmets. Mm-hmm. And... No, no, I, oh. I, no okay. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> take it, take it to the bank. Okay, cool. Make, make an AFL bet on any team. I don't care which one. Hashtag <laughs> bet on us. <laughs> um, well, what's it, another little tidbit, just to make sure this was because I don't know how well this got out there on some things with the the uniforms. At least to my knowledge, Columbus designed theirs. It wasn't something where like somebody in Monumental was right, the one right, right, it right. in office in Washington. So I would not be surprised if Philadelphia had a huge Jaws had a huge hand in designing theirs. Um, uh, but I think Atlantic cities are nice. I think I do too think that they, they could have done a little bit more, maybe put the suits on the helmet. I think that somehow suits on the helmet. I think that would have been really nice. You and use a little bit more gold. There's there's so little, I mean, all the most gold that they're using is in their practice jerseys for quarterbacks that I've seen. (laughs) That's it. You kind of expect it to be a little flashy. Yeah. Something. I expected something. Um, Yeah, you know I expected their away. I expected their away uniforms to be gold instead of white. That oh, that would have been cool. Wow, oh, Throw, that'd be throwbacks sweet. to the to the New York City Hawks. Holy crap! Let's go! Oh. <laughs> God, God. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I just don't. You know what? By the way, when it comes to Philadelphia, my thought was: um, since when do they take the nineteen nineteen ninety early nineteen ninety Zubaz and decided? You know what? Let's see if we can make this any worse. Um, I mean, to me, it's Zubaz 2.0. They were given the option. They took it. Um, <laughs> you know, I was like, way to put it. it. It could have been worse. I mean, if for Atlantic City, they could have put some guy regurgitating coins all over their pants. I mean, who the hell knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this the Philly shows us what was possible for every team. <laughs> um, so, I mean, overall, I mean, Atlantic City, I'll give them a solid B. I think the Reds are a lot nicer. I just hope a lot of these teams mix and match and don't go monochrome because I think some, you can get a little bit too tired of a monochrome because I think the all reds for Atlantic City, yeah. I don't know. No, I think it would be better maybe you put them with the black pants. I think it probably would look good, but we'll we'll see. I know they had a little bit of striping on the side. But um, overall for the league, I'll probably give it a B, a solid B. Um, it, it, was a, it was nice to see a – a new manufacturer come in. And also from what we've seen, guys, we've seen a few hints of what the actual on-field mer- uh, uh, apparel will look like too. Um, whether, because I saw one the other day for uh, for Philadelphia, it looks like finally we're going to have teams promoting not only themselves, but the Arena Football League, because it looks like you're going to have, at least on some of them, you're going to have the team logo and the AFL logo on one side. 
Um, so we'll also have to, we'll have to see what else the what else is released and, and what is available for sale to the public. That's another huge question. Yeah, well, the- Phenom is a pretty prolific producer of their own merchandise, their own branded merchandise. So I could see that they're you know them being the provider of veiling them a bit to produce more products. I would like to see that. Let's hope. Well, the. The Destroyers uh, set out yesterday, not yesterday, it was a few days ago. Um, they've got a, a deal where they're doing some merchandising through this uh, uh, kind of best known as like a custom t-shirt company, Where I'm From. Oh, like, a, um, like, I mean, a, like a Teespring type of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, not exactly. I mean, Where I'm From, they're, I mean, they've got stores, they've got a deal with like Baker Mayfield. I mean, they're, they're a decently good-sized company at this okay. point. But they had three T-shirt designs that came out um, last week that people can order on the the Where I'm From website, and they'll eventually be in their stores. But it's also got so it's got like those those tertiary logos that are on the uniforms. Mm-hmm. They're kind of prominent on these T-shirts, um, and they've also got the AFL logos on them. Um, kind of like smaller, kind okay. of in the same way that NFL stuff all has the NFL logo somewhere on it. So I mean, they're they've already they're already trying to get some stuff out to the public as far as stuff for people to wear and and buy and all that good stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of people in Columbus cam- clamoring for jerseys and everything else at this point. Atlantic City too, from what I keep keep saying, it's like you know, will the stuff be available for the home openers? And uh, it sounds like some of them are are not giving an answer that they like. Um, so we'll have to we'll have to see. And by the way, okay. John and Ben, I know we talked about this before, and we were wondering what it was going to look like. And I'll ask the question to you two first is, what's your thought on what the new uh, AFL shield looks like on the uniforms? Like, dislike, or sort of meh? John? Uh, It's somewhere between a like and a meh. (laughs) Uh, Because like Ben was saying, the collar... I don't know. It looks good on some uniforms. <laughs> it looks good on some and not good on others. I think if they would have went with the customization a little bit further, they could have maybe made it look a bit better. Ben? Yeah, I, I think um, actually this was the part of the uniform I was expecting not to like, and it works for me, actually. I, I think something that's helping the logo a lot right now is that almost every team is blue or red. <laughs> Oh, that's, uh, you know, and Columbus is black and white. So yeah. that pop of color works on the collar. Yeah. And with the Valor and Brigade, it completely, and the uh, Atlantic City, it just matches the uniform. So that looks awesome. Uh, I think that the Shield logo is as good as we were probably going to get with this redesign. I like the A. So I, I think it works. I think the league still would have benefited from making a true Shield. But this is, it's not a bad trade. And can I just please, for one moment, I, give a moment of silence for Albany's single season of uniforms with their previous jerseys. It's going to be a strange footnote in AFL uniform history, but those were really beautiful jerseys. I think you don't know what you got till it's gone. And, and Albany's jerseys are basically to me this year, taking what was the very slick and streamlined and, and very cool design and just sort of chunking it up a little bit and adding some flourishes. I don't think were necessary. And so uh, anyone who owns Albany Empire jerseys from last year, frame them immediately because people on eBay are going to be losing their shit. Yeah, I mean, hey, man, I'm with you because we got to see a lot of the jerseys super yeah. up close last year, and Albany's were the nicest in quality. Yeah. yeah, so iconic to me now, but they're gone. I'll make sure to pour one for my homies that got sold yes, down please. the river after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
about to say, I think they still have them on clearance on the Albany uh, Albany uh, site. So uh, get them while you can. Heading over there right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, to wrap this thing up, guys, I want to um, at least ask you from what you're expecting. Obviously, we have week one coming up next week. We do have final rosters that are going to be coming up this weekend. Um, what is – from what you've seen, what is your outlook and uh, – and, you know, for, for the AFL for 2019 and then um, uh, how well do you think your team's going to do at least what you've seen so far? So, uh, John, I'll start with you. I think uh, we're going to see some really good football this year. I don't know if we're going to feel the same way we did about it last season. We we all joked about and agreed how last year was an all-star season and now we're we're missing a lot of those guys. Uh, hopefully they show back up for the season before it begins. But I think there's going to be some great competition. I'm excited to see what Atlantic City has put together, especially bringing so much back uh, from 2017 and the Tampa Bay Storm. Uh, I'm excited to see what Washington does, see if they can defend the title. I, I like what I saw so far. And I'm I'm definitely excited them uh, to follow them most closely. Uh, Frank Columbus. Uh, I mean, as far as what we're going to see on the field, I, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, it'll be it, whenever you have this much movement between teams and what's going on, and, and a team starting from scratch, um, it, it'll be tricky to see. I'm I'm what I'm really interested in seeing, especially in Columbus is the kind of reception it gets coming back yeah. uh, into the into the city. Because, I mean, there's two things. There's a lot of the fan base that that stayed from the last time the team was here. I mean, it was kind of amazing how quickly people were jumping right back into it. I was even saying when they announced there was a team, but they were kind of being all coy about if it was going to be the Destroyers or not, there were people who were coming up to me and being like, hey, did you see the Destroyers are back, who knew nothing else about it. So there's kind of this in you know already set up fan base for it. Um, but Columbus is a much different city than it was last time. It's bigger. It's more invested in the downtown than it's ever been. And I, I'm interested to see how it, it goes from there. And, and honestly, I'm interested to see if the arena football league can, can kind of capitalize on the fact that it's going into new markets. Um, as far as creating more brand awareness, creating more, just, just making that, you know, taking, taking advantage of the fact that you've, you know, in Atlantic City, you're in this area where you're going to get a lot of tourists, a lot of people who are seeing, you know, oh, what's this? This is this is different. This is new. Maybe, you know, maybe they thought it was something that was gone. And in Columbus, I don't know, seeing what they can do as far as trying to fill the arena, what they can do as far as trying to just just grow back to a, a I think Columbus is an interesting test for them. Yeah, because um, I think this league long term would like to see itself back in a lot of the old markets. And Columbus is one of those first kind of laboratories for how do we do this how would this work that sort of thing i'm actually pretty hyped i think john and ben are too because we're we're all heading to to nationwide for their home opener so we're, we're hoping hoping there's gonna be a good crowd and a good atmosphere so um uh ryan your thoughts well i, I just want to say to frank uh you might have the stanley cup by then so by the time that they uh <laughs> by the time the season ends so there might be an inspiration for the for the uh, destroyers to get things done on the field uh, as for, for the empire my I, I do have two concerns uh as i mentioned before the defensive back situation with a lot of rookies uh being on the team uh but again if there's anyone who can coach them up it's a guy who has played the 
who has played the defense, the, the position before, it's Rob Keefe, and he's the coach of the team. Um, he can develop those guys into some ball, uh, ball hawks. Uh, the other concern I have is weeks three through five. They have three consecutive away games, and I think that the, their season might hinge on those three games. Uh, granted, it's a long season. It's a 12-week season, uh, but they're in Philly. Then they're in Columbus for Columbus's uh, home opener. And then they're at Linux City, so I that those three weeks are gonna are gonna make or break this uh, this Empire squad. Uh, one thing I do hope hope for is that uh, Tommy Grady will be the MVP who was last season. Uh, he's in training camp for a full session uh, as opposed to uh, a week and a half last year. Uh, and when you got a guy like Mal- Malachi Jones who just makes play makes tremendous plays and opens the field for everybody else to get a touch of the football. Uh, right now it's it's arena bowl it's an arena bowl or or bust for the Empire this year, I think. Ben? Uh, I think this year I have a lot of questions about I'm looking forward to seeing how the league itself develops this year. I think this is a really crucial year in terms of we've sort of been toughing it over the last three years. And is this new strategy that the league is taking with betting, what is this actually going to look like? You know, how is this going to manifest itself? How is the league actually looking to profit from betting? And how is that going to affect the Arena Football League as a single entity? That's one big thing. The second thing would be, how is streaming going to look this year? Is that something they're actually going to finally take seriously? And if so, fantastic. If not, you know, what is holding them back? And, you know, how can that develop better in the future? And then third, I, I just, as the other guys were saying, I can't wait to see how the expansion clubs engage with their fans. I think that the AFL, as much as they seem focused on betting and and all that, I still think that how they engage with local markets is the key to a successful affiliate of the Arena Football League. And I hope that I'm sure that Columbus is going to do great fan engagement. Atlantic City is building from scratch. I hope to see better fan engagement by the Washington Valor um, in terms of how distant they keep their fans and the prices of seats and all of that stuff. And so uh, it's it's a very crucial year for the league. So I do have a lot of questions, but I am optimistic. And last but not least, I can't wait to see if Philly's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I myself, I, I my my thoughts too is I just want to make sure you know we keep on hearing these things about that the league is going to be making these great and, and uh, uh, important announcements. I'm hoping that they are able to come through with them and they are exactly what they say they are whether it be from this uh from this you know this tv deal that supposedly is is rumored to be happening um i want to make sure that uh baltimore gets stronger um you know makes me i hope that how baltimore played at the end of the year and and the turnout for arena bowl will make fans come out and uh, see this team play same thing with dc I mean, you are the Arena Bowl champions. It doesn't matter what your record was at the end of the year. You played what you ha- you played in the playoffs the way you did, and you won the championship. I'm hoping that equates more um, to more fans in the actual seats. Uh, Columbus, I think Columbus is going to be amazing. I think it's probably going to be one of the strongest franchises in the league next to Albany and uh, with Philly coming in a uh, a strong third. My only question will be the fan base in Atlantic City. They have a team. They have a good team, and they have a, and easily can have a, a, a best chance at winning uh, the Arena Bowl in their first year, especially with what I they agree. have. 
But the issue is, again, fan base. I hear all the pluses when it comes to Columbus and all the season tickets that they've sold. We have hardly heard a peep when it comes to Atlantic City, and it just really, really worries me. You know, I mean, sure, the play, they got a great deal with Oceans, a casino and resort, but you got to draw the fans. It looks like the building's gorgeous. We'll be seeing, I'll be seeing that uh, week two. So I'm curious, I'm, you know, see how it stands up to what Baltimore is, see if it's the exact same type of place, but we'll see, but uh, we'll go from there. Um, I want to thank all you guys for, for joining us, especially you, Ryan, and Frank. Um, as I said, it's uh, something I wanted to try again in, in getting a, a roundtable type of discussion before the season started. Um, Ryan, where can people follow you on social media? You can follow me on Twitter at WhoIsRyanMCC. Will we find out? <laughs> well, yeah, my picture's right there. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, okay. Awesome. okay, thank you. That's big for us. And also, you're you can, welcome. And also, you can see Ryan's stuff, uh, all of his columns, over at arenafend.com also. Um, True that. Frank, where can they find you? Uh, I'm at, Beast, at BStationPod on Twitter. Uh, and then the podcast, Battle Stations, it's it's on every platform I think I can get it on at this point. So just whatever you use for podcasting, just search for it, Battle Stations. Right now our logo, I think, is just a, an old AFL football. We're going to try and get something else at some point in the future, but eh, that's not the focus right now, but yeah. It's still, though, nice to have another um, another AFL podcast to join the family. It's, you know... You can just more than having a uh, you know a, an AFL centric podcast. It's nice to have team centric podcasts. So it's uh, from what I've listened to, Frank, you're doing a fantastic job and keep it up. Thank you, um, Ben, John. Um, obviously, we will be here next week. Uh, I know all of us are getting ready for our, our road trip within the first four to five weeks of the season. We're looking forward to that, obviously. Um, but guys, I, we will uh, we will rejoin again next week and talk about week one. Or the AFL, won't we? Oh, can't wait to talk to you knuckleheads without these without these two randos on the pod. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kidding, I love you guys. You. You're my you're my brothers now. Yeah, we're just uh, we're just we're trying to hang on your we're yeah, just hanging on your coattails. That's all. <laughs> um, do not forget, we uh, if you want to wa- listen to any of the past versions of the AFL Tonight podcast, there are multiple places you can do so. Best place, uh, if you want to listen to the last three, is over at soundcloud.com slash arena fan. If you want to listen to the entire history of the AFL Tonight podcast, uh, you can go to either um, is, uh, iTunes. I'm going to get this right, guys. iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify. So for everybody here at AFL Tonight, for John, for Ben, for Ryan, for Frank, I'm Tim <laughs> Kaffer. <laughs> Watch the rebound off the net.